What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Official Visit, the podcast about college baseball recruiting by players for players. My name's Jared Penniman. I'm here with Joe Jimenez, and a huge shout out to our guy, Zach, at Hyped Apparel. Just hooked us up with some new gear. Got a new shirt. I got some joggers. Guys, super comfortable. Go check them out. Link is in the show notes with a... Uh, with a little discount code. So, Joe, who do we got today? Guys, today we have Nico Kites. Um, He's from Stanford, Connecticut, and he goes to UMass Boston, uh, which is a D3 school, obviously, in Boston. Um, and, guys, he's he's legit. Um, so we played Nico uh, in 2019, uh, College World Series, D3 College World Series. And, I mean, Jared and I were talking about it before we recorded the interview and it was it was it was amazing to see the presence that he had um especially because that was his freshman year um so the kid's a dude um he leads his staff um and it was just a great interview um talking about you know staying up in the northeast uh why he chose umass boston why d3 guys um so it's just a great interview guys uh if you have any questions of course hit us up facebook instagram twitter um, even our email, uh, we got a bunch of blogs coming out. Uh, we have one coming out on Wednesday. Be sure to check that one out. Um, Jared and I forget anything. I don't think I am. Right. All right. So let's go. Nico, man, how you doing? Thanks so much for coming on. Doing well. Thanks for having me, Joe. Of course. Of course. So, uh, <laughs> as all of our listeners know, we start in high school, um, Nico, when did you first start thinking about college baseball? Well, I've been thinking about college baseball ever since I was in Little League, I think. Um, always had a love for the game and a passion to catch. So I think that started very young. But over the years, I developed and I just kept with it. So mm -hmm. college has always been in the back of my mind and I kept working it for it. I feel like... I feel like catchers are a different breed, right? You either you you caught your whole life, you absolutely love catching, or you kind of got thrown into catching and you absolutely hate it, right? But I feel like the catchers that start early and love catching are like even just like that much more driven to either get the best that they can possibly be or get onto the next level. So you said you started in the little league. Do you think catching had a little bit to do with that? Uh yeah, no doubt. I my no one else on my team wanted to catch, so I just threw myself out there. And over the years, I just fell in love with it. It's position where you're in the play every game, every pitch, and yeah. Yeah, it was funny, Nico. So uh, Jared, Jared goes, "How old is Nico when we played him?" <laughs> dude, he was a freshman catching in the yeah. College World Series. I was like, "He's a dude. Like you're a yeah. dude, man. Like it, it, it fires me up." But yeah, um, thank you. What kind of player were you in high school? I mean, like, what were you, what would you like, I guess, self-identify as in terms of like, you know, this is the player who I am. Like, I'm not going to try to be anything else. Like, were you just like a, I'm, I'm a catch first guy. Like, I'm just going to try to try to make the pitcher better at all times. Like, what were you thinking about? Uh, yeah, I'd say I was a catch first guy. Uh, there'd be games where I'd go like 0 for 3 with three strikeouts, but you can't get discouraged when you're catching. So 
I'd say I was a catch first guy. Yeah. When, when you were kind of going through the recruiting process, um, I don't know, at least in my opinion, I felt like catchers kind of got the short end of the stick um, with recruiting. I mean, I learned a lot more while I was in college that uh, the way you receive the ball, the way you block the ball, the way you set up um, is a big part of the recruiting process. But when you were kind of going through that, whether it was showcases or camps or whatever, how did you kind of, and Joe, you can even talk about this too. How did you guys kind of separate yourselves uh, behind the dish? Um, yeah, that's the thing. Catcher, I feel like catchers don't get the recognition they deserve. It's sometimes always about the pitchers. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, kind of the first thing I think of, well, first thing I think I noticed, um, that's kind of changing is this, the whole development of catchers, um, is changing. I think I even saw it a couple months back where I was looking at some like recruiting video and, you know, like at, at some showcase, but they wanted to see how a guy received the ball. And I mean, thinking from just when I was going through this whole showcase circuit or, or just like when, when colleges were looking at me, it was like, okay, like how well can you throw? Like, what's your pop time? And I think that's starting to change a lot, which kind of fires me up because I think I saw, I mean, Nico, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, but I, I think I saw so many catchers who got recruited to, you know, kind of just in general in college based on their arm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily translate into like, Hey, like you're going to start because the pitchers like throwing to you. Because I mean, Jared, from your experience, like you understand, like, I think the big reason I caught early on at Chapman was just because like the pitchers like throwing to me. Yeah. So like, regardless of how, you know, like who, who had better arm strength or, or whatnot, you know, if the pitchers don't like throwing to you, you're not going to play. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, yeah. Is yeah, that kind of the same? Is that the, yeah. kind of the same thing for, for you at UMass Boston? Yeah. I, I try to take pride in, having the pitchers like me and having them throw to me a lot. And I feel as if catchers get overlooked and it's all about just the R maybe and they're hitting. It's not so much defense. Yeah. So that's one of the big things I've learned over the years. And I feel as if defense should be more considered. I, I agree. And I think I can definitely say this about Joe. And then even when we are playing you guys in the world series, the, certain catchers have a presence about them behind the dish, right? That like, I mean, you know, when, when you're playing a team and there's a catcher that kind of just seems all over the place back there and things are kind of going a million miles an hour. And I mean, like, like Joe talked about, I was, I was surprised that you were a freshman when we played you because you seemed to have that. Did you, did you develop that when you got to UMass Boston? Cause you guys are obviously a great program um, and have had success for many, many years, but did did you have that in high school and if so like how did you how did you develop that yeah I definitely think I developed that in high school um I played legion ball with like I was 16 at the time I played with like 19 year olds so I was playing up so just building a relationship with those guys and building a relationship with the pitchers just helped me you know gain confidence and do my thing yeah I mean I think that's 
just in, in terms of development wise, I think that's, a, that's great. Like playing with, with older guys, especially, I mean, I've talked about this on the pod a, a decent amount, like going into Chapman. I remember I was like, my God, like there are some, there are some men on this team. Like yeah. uh, we talk about that a lot on the podcast of, of when you, when you're a freshman in college, just the physical gap um, that freshmen have with the older guys did because you played with older guys, did you feel that, that, that need to adjust quickly? I mean, honestly, it, it didn't look like it when we, when we played you, but did that, is that something that really helped you like making the transition? Um, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, when you're playing with older kids, you just, your game just goes to a different level. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it helped me. And those guys gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. Cause we have a bunch of guys, a bunch of seniors who have been there and who have been competing for, you know, national championships. So they helped me a lot too with that. I'm I'm curious because uh, we talked before we before we started recording. Um, obviously, Joe and I played on the West Coast or from the West Coast. Uh, we haven't had too many East Coast guys on here that have stayed East Coast, right? Um, so, talk us through a little bit of how you structured your recruiting plan. Um, kind of like when you started, either going to showcases or camps. Um, what you kind of did. I know you just talked about you played Legion when you were pretty young, but just kind of the ins and outs of how your process went. Yeah. So I, so first after literally I started off at Babe Ruth, did that for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, then I played Legion for about two years up until my sophomore year. Um, I decided to go to baseball U and try to pursue the college dream. Um, but I'd say I would start earlier if I had to do it back. Um, I think I started a little too late with the recruiting process. I waited till my like sophomore and junior year. If I played AAU ball, like beginning of freshman year, maybe that would have, you know, put me above some other guys, but, um, it was definitely, I definitely learned a lot, but yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's a pretty common theme we have with most guys. I remember we uh, we had Jake Engel on. He goes to what was now what used to be D two Dixie State now D one, but he talked about that a ton as well. About he was like, man, I just wish I started earlier. Like the options yeah. would have would have been there if I started earlier and earlier. Um, I mean, what you you said you always thought about college baseball, but what information did you have about, you know, okay, like how, how am I going to get recruited? You know, like what was, when you were a freshman in high school, you already had the dream, but what was your thought process on this is how I'm going to get to the college baseball level? Uh, I was basically to just keep doing my thing. I didn't really think about it too much. I mean, just wanted to go out there and have fun and compete and, here I am now, UMass Boston. I, I do want to talk about UMass Boston specifically. I mean, how how did you first get in, in contact with them? Um, and how was that recruiting process like, um, whether you took a visit or what were kind of your, con- your recruiting conversations like at UMass? Yeah, so I, I was in Baseball U. I went to a tournament in uh, Massachusetts. Can't remember the name. 
and Coach Agabro, our head coach, was there and invited me to a camp. So I went to that camp, and that's basically I fell in love with the school. Mm-hmm. Coach Agabro talked me in, and that's basically it. Was it easy yeah. as that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool, Nico. What were you? I mean, were there specific things that you were looking for in a college when you were, you know, like thinking about which one you would want to go to? Yeah, I definitely wanted to start my freshman year. That was something I mm-hmm. took a lot of, you know, courage in talking about two coaches. Uh huh. So that was one of the biggest things I wanted, and I also wanted to go to a school where the culture was. No winning culture, and we could compete for a national championship every year. Guys, real quick, chin music, bat knob decals. I don't need to say anything else, but I will. Guys, these are quality bat knob decals. Customize, spice up, personalize your bats for the upcoming seasons. And save some money while you're at it. Check out the show notes. We got a discount code down there. Go check them out. Let's get back to the interview. I uh, I love that you just talked about playing early, right? Um, because that was a big thing for me too. Um, because um, in my recruiting process, when I was talking to D1s or D2s or whatever, um, the big question was, okay, like who's in front of me? Like how old are they? Who are they bringing in and stuff like that? And I felt, at least on the West Coast, again, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, um, but D3 gave me the best option to play right away, um, which, which I did, which Joe did, which you did. Um, but I'm curious, on the East Coast is, because there's a lot more D3s on the East Coast than there are on the West mm-hmm. Coast, yeah. was how is that kind of, we'll call it stigma, um d3 conception. baseball on the yeah con- conception on, on, on the on reception. the west yeah <laughs> um <laughs> definitely not conception um on the east coast because it's it's almost taboo um on the west coast when you're talking to someone in high school and you're like yeah like i'm thinking i'm gonna go division three and everyone's like why are you gonna go division three yeah um that's i i think that's a huge problem also i think all these kids nowadays care about getting seen on Twitter or Instagram and they want to have a lot of popularity and cause they're going to these big name schools, but I just wanted to go somewhere where I would, I would develop and, you know, have a start at starting my freshman year. So I think kids get caught up in the D one idea. So yeah, I definitely didn't want to be one of those guys, but yeah. Nico, was there like a person I mean, you don't have to name names where you're like, man, I don't have to go D1 anymore because it didn't necessarily work out for him. Because I, this was something I was thinking about last week, Jared, actually, was were there people in – or there were people in my life who I saw go play Division One, do all the whole big commitment stuff, and come back and say, that's not what I wanted. It's not what I expected. And I think that's when I was like, I can go D3. I want to be happy. I want to be happy. First and foremost, I need to be happy because I don't want to ride the bench no matter what. 
because no matter what, if I rode the bench, I was going to be unhappy. And if you say you aren't going to be unhappy riding the bench, then honestly, kudos to you, because I could not imagine that. Um, but Nico, was there someone in your life that you're like, I, you saw that happen to, and you're like, that kind of opened up division three for you? Um, I wouldn't say it was just one specific person. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's just like, maybe like the older teammates I had and some of them went D1 to, be, to these big D1 schools and they ended up like sitting for two years. So I didn't, I wanted to play right away. And I think I learned a lot from that too also, but I don't think there was anybody specific now. There wasn't one person. Yeah. Nico, I'm, so we've talked a lot about size um, on here, like whether, like what, whether it be physicality, whether it be strength, even we can talk about speed in there too. But um, I think all three of us aren't big dudes, at least height wise. Um, So how did you kind of play that game? I think it's a little bit different behind the dish, right? Because um, whether you you can block, if you can block, and sometimes it's an advantage to be a little bit smaller because you don't have to go as far down. Um, But Kind of talk to us about that. Did you have difficulty, did you feel, on the recruiting trail um, being a smaller guy? Or Because, I mean, Joe and I have talked about that before. Um, so I'm just curious how your process kind of went with that. Yeah, I'd say definitely my height was a big factor. and Because you see guys, some kids in my league were, you know, they were bigger than me, but I don't think they were better than me. But they were mm-hmm. going to, you know, these – big name schools just because of how tall they were I guess I don't know yeah so it definitely I think it definitely matters but I don't think it matters once you get to that school and you show everybody that you could work and uh yeah that's pretty much it Diko how do you I guess I don't want to say cope but just how do you deal with that you know when how when when did you realize like man it's my size and then the first reaction, at least for me, was I was pissed. I was so mad. Oh, yeah, 100%. I was so mad. I was like, that guy does not deserve to go to yeah. whatever school. Like, I'm better. Just because he's, well, like, three inches yeah. taller. But, yeah, yeah, I was definitely pissed off. But uh, I started to get – I started not to care. And once I got to UMass, I learned that it's just all about me and what I do from here on out. It doesn't matter about what happened in the past or – who's going to bigger name schools. So that's basically how I coped. I didn't, I was mad at first and then I, I eventually got over it. I, I, th- I think that's so funny too. Cause I mean, I feel like a lot of competitive uh, recruits, right. When they get to, when they get to the school that they finally get to all of the kind of like petty BS that went on in your recruiting process, right. When you get there, just like screw it. Because you're like, you're playing, you're happy, you're developing. Um, But a little bit about where you're from, uh, because you're from Connecticut um, Mm -hmm. and you go to school, obviously, at UMass Boston. Was was that a factor too? Did you want to stay close to home or or did it just kind of work out that way? Yeah, I wanted to stay close to home, but... um... It kind of also worked out that way. I would, I just, 
don't know too. I mean, did you did you did any part of you like want to get out of the cold weather? Because I mean, personally, well, it's also because I'm coming from California. To <laughs> personally, I was just like, there's no way I'm playing in cold weather. So uh, like, when I was kind of already used to it, but yeah. So I you did, kinda, yeah, I, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love to play in you know 70 degree weather, but it's it's whatever. You gotta it you gotta make a way and make it happen. So, so Nico, what does I mean, UMass Boston wins. It's a winning program. I mean, we played you guys in the College World Series. It's a damn good program. Could you just describe what the culture's like on campus about, I mean, about baseball, but like also just like, you know, being a student there, like what's it like? So I'll start off by talking about the baseball. Um, we're in the weight room five out of the seven days a week. Uh, everybody holds everybody accountable. Um, Coach Agabrote does a great job with that too. I'm putting and putting shining a light on culture. Um, yeah. Does because Coach Agabrote um, does some work uh, in the Cape, um, and he's around a lot of players, exceptional players who go to exceptional schools and programs. Do you think that he has taken what he has learned? amongst all those people in the Cape over the years and implemented it in UMass, almost making it, almost making it run like a high level division one program. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think even before the Cape, he's been here for like 17 years. So yeah. he's been, he's been, you know, grinding for the last 17 yeah. years. So I think the Cape has helped him also too. He's implemented some new ideas and, mm-hmm. A big thing he's implemented is like breathing, is taking deep breaths when you're up to bat, when you're pitching. So it's like things like that. He's definitely brought into the program from the Cape, but he's been doing it yeah, his whole life. So he's been doing those things his whole life. I mean, yeah, the mental the mental games, mental games huge. Um, and I don't think I've kind of learned that until <laughs> the last two years of my college career. So it's cool that, that that's such an emphasis you know, so early on in your career, but I guess when you were, I want to kind of get back into the, the conversation with Coach Igerbrot when you were visiting UMass Boston. I mean, what was that conversation like? Because I think it's so fascinating to hear, you know, obviously like you don't have to go too much into detail, but you know, what was the one thing that really drew you in that he said that you're like, yeah, I can, I can go here and I'm going to have a successful career here. Yeah. I think it was after, the camp or the uh, showcase here, he sat me down and he basically said that I can be the future catcher here. So that obviously reeled me in. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to redo that actually. I'm going to redo that. You're good. Go ahead. <clears throat> so yeah, so after the showcase here, uh, he sat me down and we had a short conversation and he told me how. He thought I could be the future of the Beacons. So that pulled me in 100%. That was the one thing that that reeled me in. Yeah. We, I feel like we keep, we keep saying the same stuff lately, but uh, we've won. We've talked a lot about how the program that we tend to gravitate toward is the one that wants us the most, right? 
not the one that we want the most, but we, we also talk a ton about, uh, the fit and the feeling. Um, so I'm just curious cause we haven't been able to put a name to it. Right. But was there just something about being on campus, uh, being around that staff, that program, that field that you couldn't describe it, but it was just like, yeah, like this is where I need to be. Yeah. From the moment I stepped onto the field, I knew that UMass Boston was a powerhouse and they don't play any games. So I knew I would, I knew I was in the right spot from the moment I stepped on campus. Yeah. And it's, and it's a good feeling. Like I, I think kind of the players and parents out there, you, we, we hear the whole, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this, but you hear the whole, like, okay, like the idea of like, trust the process, trust the process. And, and you hear time after time when we do these podcasts of guys just, yeah, they trust the process. Like they're pretty active about it, but they just know, um, when they've found the right school. And sometimes like you can't necessarily like go looking for that feeling either. Right. So it's like, you can't be like, Oh, like, do I have the feeling? You'll just kind of, <laughs> you'll just kind of know. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, that's just a little piece for the parents and, and players, but Nico, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned you wish you started earlier, but is there any other advice you'd, you'd give to younger guys, like stuff, things you wish you knew about the recruiting process earlier? Um, yeah, so the number one thing, number one piece of advice I would give is to not chase the D1 dream and to not get discouraged when others are committing before you and they're going to these powerhouse D1s. I think it's just all about what you can do and you have to trust in yourself and you shouldn't worry what others are doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the control, the controlling the controllables, um, we always hear those cliches, but as soon as you can buy into that mindset, it's, I mean, I think things go a lot smoother because you're just worrying about what you can do and that's all we can do. But Nico, thank you so much for, for coming on here, man. This has been, this has been great. It's been awesome uh, chatting with you and catching up and uh, hearing your story and hearing how you got to UMass um, and let me relive a little bit of uh the end of my college career, man. So <laughs> I appreciate Thanks you for having on. me. Thank you.